the church mm. has historically been an incredibly important place for people to come for connection, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a place where we go for social connection, we go for emotional support, we go to learn, so there's this intellectual component to it, and certainly this spiritual component. So we go physical, we learn intellectual, we get support emotional, mm. we meet with other people social, wow. and we're nurturing our spiritual life. So when that was taken away, this, this life lived in balance uh, had to reset because mm. those five areas are key. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Jason, and we're talking all things church planting. Sharing stories and strategies to help you reach your city. This is the Send Columbus podcast. All right, we are back with another episode, and today we are joined by... E. <laughs> Brett Castle. The Brett Castle. The Brett Castle. He's a pastor. He's a counselor. Now, what are you doing now? I am now a retired <laughs> pastor yes. and a retired counselor, but I am now doing some uh, just some wonderful work with LifePoint and Lewis Center and uh, just in some leader care. Yeah. And uh, really enjoying it. Well, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about what you're doing on the golf course. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I also That's have more important, the, the added responsibility of being a starter and ranger on our uh, local golf course awesome. yeah. a few times a month. So That's fun. And working on the golf game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. yeah. So, like Brett said, he's kind of come on staff as like a part-time and a part-time capacity to work with some of our staff and also leaders for some care um, for us, which has been, I think, super, super beneficial. So thank been. you for doing that. Oh, so love great. It. Love so it. glad and, to have you. And Thanks. Brett, you're no stranger to uh, Send Columbus. You've been min- on many an assessment team. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and you do, do you do family dynamics or emotional I do and the emotional health? and spiritual, emotional health. spiritual health. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. would make sense. So you've done that for us, gosh, multiple times. times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a joy. It's it's always exciting to me to see people excited about beginning ministries, mm-hmm. right? So um, I, I don't know how many I've done, but every one is uh, is a unique opportunity to be involved with people who have a heart for for Jesus Christ and want to see people's lives change. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're we're in this series on. COVID. The post-COVID world. <laughs> church, church in a post-COVID world. Nobody's ever talked about it before. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's not been talked about at all. But we, we're wanting to talk to you because of this mental-emotional side of life. And kind of what what do you think, I mean, the, the broad theme is, what do you think COVID did to us mentally and emotionally yeah. that's going to affect us going forward, especially in the church and church planting? So that's kind of why we wanted to have you on and talk around that subject. So sure, sure. What are your opening thoughts? <laughs> well, I think I think the very first thing when you said asked that question yeah. or, or made that statement is I think it's been a, a time of resetting mm. and adjustment. I, I, I can't think back. I, I'm now in my early, and I want to stress that word, early 60s. And <laughs> I, I, I look back to, you know, involvement in church all of these years, and I cannot remember a time where church changed so rapidly Mm. uh, in such profound ways. Right. So um, at that particular time when the pandemic uh, started, I was still involved in my counseling practice. Mm. 
And I had to shift from meeting with people in person to meeting with people, you know, via Zoom. Uh-huh. And so, you know, churches went through that, right? I mean, all of a sudden we had to gear up quickly to be able to reach people who now felt as though they could not uh, attend a church or didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So with all of this change in, in, in the family life and, and work life and in their worship life, there were, and we saw, increases in a lot of mental health issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so um, I can talk about a few of those, what Absolutely. we saw. So um, I made a list just, just so I would not forget any, but there was certainly this, this sense of isolationism. You know, mm-hmm. this, I, I'm now isolated. I, I think that we became people that had to figure out how to move from doing things, going, participating, to all of a sudden being Mm. with ourselves now there's always needs to be a healthy balance of that there's been a lot written on the difference between doing and being but for those that had not grown in that area of just being able to be Mm. big shift and now all of a sudden people were working from home which can we say is most of us struggled probably with the the doing side or the being side yeah right every morning you probably remember we get up and we we drive to our office or and I'd have appointments during the day, and I would interact personally with people, and then I would drive home, and Monday and Tuesday, and and all of that changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I left at a certain time, I came home at a certain time. So when the pandemic started, I think what we saw, that we saw increased feelings of being isolated, we certainly saw increased levels of stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety was an area that I had worked in and we saw a, a profound increase in the number of people who wanted to talk about levels of anxiety in their life. We saw depression. Um, and I think that comes from the isolationism, you know, this idea of being isolated. Uh, we saw increased insomnia because there, mm. there wasn't the boundaries of when do we begin work? When do we stop work? Mm-hmm. People were setting up their offices in their bedrooms mm. and they were checking emails first thing when they got up in the morning and right when they laid down in bed and then all of a sudden their mind would begin moving about a task that they mm. need to get done. So we saw that, this lack of boundaries. Mm. And which which we've, we've had great boundaries before, before. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a new thing. Right. No, I mean, we're, we're always checking email. We carry technology with us in our pocket. So this definitely didn't help that. Right. Sorry, you were in the middle. I was. Of I was going to add something too. That when we were, uh, when the pandemic first started, we still we started a prayer call with some of the people yeah. on staff, and Chad was notorious for doing his just laying in his bed. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. No, it's true. Well, it's the only. You could. It was the only place I could go where the kids weren't. weren't yeah. Yeah. It was. I didn't have kids when the pandemic Dude, started. Dude, that is now that's wild I know. to think that you didn't have children. I didn't have wow. children when the pandemic started. So yeah, so you wouldn't know what it's like to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do. I mean, you know, it's like, but, <laughs> but yeah, not being able to have any place to go. So yeah, I was like, I'd be leaning on my headboard, like, and he built it. It's a very nice headboard. So. Well, I mean, it's not. Uh, it's, uh, well, here, here's <laughs> the thing. Now, now think about this. You talked about going. There was no place to go. The church mm. has historically been an incredibly important place for people to come for connection, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a place where we go for yeah. social connection. We go for yeah. emotional support. Mm. We go to learn. So there's this intellectual component to it mm. and certainly this spiritual component. So we go physical, 
we learn intellectual, mm-hmm. we get support emotional, mm. we meet with other people social, wow, and we're nurturing our spiritual life. So when that was taken away, this this life lived in balance uh, had to reset because mm. those five areas are key to a life of balance. Can can you say those one more time? I sure will. Yeah. So if you if let me give you an easy way, it's the word pice. P-I-E-S-S. Okay. And it is the physical. Okay. We go somewhere. Right. We eat well. We rest well. The intellectual, what we learn. Mm. The emotional, what we do for relaxation, fun, support. Mm. The social, how we interact with other people. Mm. And the spiritual, certainly, worship, mm. praise. So when those five areas are impacted in our life. Yeah. Even one or two of those areas are impacted in our life. There, there is increased stress, anxiety, feeling as though it's a little bit more out of control. Mm. You know, I, I really appreciate those five because I think that perspective is helpful because I think sometimes when we think about church, at least I'm guilty of this, I think about the spiritual. Right. And then Sunday morning you get a semi-social but but really thinking it is all five. It's all five. And I think you, f- I think we felt the absence of those things after what two two weeks. We were talking about how soon did we get the Zoom Zoom fatigue? Zoom fatigue. Like d- online is fine, but you, how much do you get of those five from online? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I personally, I know when I was meeting with people via Zoom, uh, yeah. Uh, during this period of time, um, I, you know, I miss those things. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this shouldn't be new to us. The, you know, the, the author of Hebrews says, let us not give up meeting together as some are accustomed to doing. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's something we have to do? No, because God knew that the, these major areas of our life would be impacted by us getting together. You know, so when the, when that was taken away, we saw all of those increased mental health issues. We had mm. people who, who really, for a, a lack of self care, for a lack of being able to be connected, for a lack of feeling that they were in a place of unity, because even churches struggled right with the idea of what do we do? Do we have a mask policy? Do we not have a mask policy? Right. Do we, we had division of, should we get the booster shot? Should we not get the booster shot? Yeah. So even their, their picture of church as being a place of unity was impacted. Wow. Because they saw disunity. Right. Yeah. And so that shook a lot of people in a lot of different ways. That lack of ability to be there with people and then certainly seeing sometimes disunity within the church. Yeah. So back, back to the boundaries yeah. that you said. I mean, I feel like we, at least I have struggled some with these, these boundaries of, you know, we always have email, we're, we're always accessible, we're always one text away, which I think has made pastoring um, particularly challenging because yes. you're always, as a pastor, you're, you're accessible anyway. I think when the, when the lockdown happened, shut down, now we're working from home, there, there begin to be this, I don't have as much to do necessarily. Some of us, I think others of us schedules like went way up and people got like overwhelmed, like essential business. Like I remember you couldn't get a bike 
in 2020. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, because everybody was out. You, what can you do? Oh, you can go outdoors. You can ride a bike. And, you know, especially the lockdown happened kind of right toward the end of winter, right as spring was ramping up. And so, I don't know. I think it just created this, like, for for me particularly, there wasn't a rhythm to work. And so it was easy to to not work. But then it was e- easy to work all the time. Yes. And it, yeah, it just blurred the lines between what is work time and what is not work time. And some of that was a gift, you know, like we resodded our yard and right, <laughs> like on a Tuesday. Right. You know, exactly. But, but then, you know, those late nights checking email or whatever. Uh, I think there was definitely sides of that too. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was thinking about that and I, Going to work, leaving work provided boundaries for us, mm-hmm. mm. right? We had to be at work at a certain time. Many of our listeners know, look, I had a job. I was expected to be there at 8 o'clock. Right. And they expected me to work from 8 to 5. Mm-hmm. So when I heard companies saying, hey, look, this work at home model's really working. Our efficiency is about the same. I was thinking that's because your people are working 25% more because of what you said. Um, Yeah, we could discipline ourselves to to get to work at 8 and discipline ourselves to leave at 5 to get home for dinner or an activity. But when those were taken away, Mm. we had to develop the discipline to not check our email at 9 o'clock at night, Right. to not answer a text at 9 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So this accessibility is, is... like you said, both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So having healthy boundaries around that, you know, um, and again, I think the church, you know, struggled with that. What do we do? How do we reach people? What does this look like? Everyone was trying to figure out an awful lot in a very short period of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you talked about the um, some of those mental health challenges, and I think those are broad, but what do you think some of the specific challenges that pastors faced and maybe what are some things that you think coming out of those challenges how those things might affect the church and pastorship today i was reading an article um fairly recently that talked about how pastors had to change and one pastor made the um, noted that the pandemic really helped to bring the church into the 21st century Mm -hmm. And I thought that was an interesting, uh, so, someone would, would notice that. And certainly that had most, most to do with technology. Yeah. Um, I think another pastor said that from now on, technology will probably be the front door into our churches. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, when people are checking out our churches, they're going to look at our, our web presence or you know, how, where are we on, on social media? So I think one of the things that really changed during the pandemic is how we did church, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm. I, I can't tell you how many pastors that I talked to that all of a sudden they were trying to get technology up and running. And right. I had retired the September before the pandemic started. Mm. And I think God in his infinite wisdom knew that I would not be the, the, the dude to lead the church through a technology, a quick technology advancement. I mean, I yeah, really you, do. I look you, back and I go, Lord, your timing was good. 
But we had but your successor of, had to be. Yeah, right, right. So, and, and thankfully, uh, you know, he was. So my, my yeah, point in that awesome. is, is that I think that one of the big things that had to change was how, how, how do we do this thing called church? Yeah. And, and, and most importantly, how do we keep people connected? Mm-hmm. Because remember, what's going on in the home? Increased feelings of isolation, increased feelings of anxiety, um, stress, depression. Yeah. When do people need us? Yeah. Sometimes they notice their need for us in those times. Yeah. So I think what really happened was the idea of connection. So to your second point, what does it mean for the church going forward? I think that it is really going to be important that that our church planters, our established churches, um, really examine the way they stay connected to people. Mm. Right? Because if we're going to wait for people to tune in to a Zoom, they're going to take the initiative to get connected to us through technology. Again, we talked about that Zoom fatigue. They're doing meetings Monday through Friday on Zoom, mm-hmm. right? And if they don't hear from us in some other way, so I would say to our church planners and to our established churches, be sure that you look at how, how are we having human contact with the people in our church? Mm-hmm. Because a call or a visit those things are going to be, I think, even more important than they were before. Hmm. So, yeah, super insightful. You you said technology. I think you walked in here and saw the podcast oh. stuff set up, and you you got a little triggered. I yes, think you were. Yeah, <laughs> I am not one. And I, this is a disclosure for all of our listeners. Um, thank God these two gentlemen are in this room today because I'm looking at a probably ten wires, three microphones, a computer. Uh, this would not be happening. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it's not something that, you know, that I'm drawn yeah. to and, yeah. and I'm not alone. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I mean, there are people out there that, you know, you said, well, you know, you can get on our website mm-hmm. for some people. They, they didn't have a computer in there. Right. Home. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so yeah, I think it's really reset the way we do it. I read a book in college that was called this. When you talked about the church coming into the 21st century, I went to college from 99 to 03. Okay. Um, it was, <laughs> I was just chuckling. The title of the book was an eight track church in a CD world. And that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is just funny because that book is, you know, the title is now terribly outdated. Right. But uh, what's an eight track? Yeah. 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 Or what's a CD really. <laughs> right. Like we don't even, you don't even keep your music on your device anymore. Remember when we used to like, you had to keep all of your songs, like when you get a new phone, you transferred all your songs every now. It's just completely streaming and all that. So it's just to your point that the church sometimes feels like it's a dragon a little bit behind the technological uh, advances of culture. And so, but also let me stress this. What a great opportunity. Yeah. I don't want anyone to, to that's listening to think that I don't think that technology is a good thing. I right. think it's a, a really good thing. I think it's, it's opened up a lot of doors for churches mm-hmm. Uh, to to impact and to stay connected, right? But I would say this to our listeners: please, 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 the human connection, yeah, is incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about um, just this whole time was um, pre-COVID. I was I just became uh, like during the pandemic, I became in charge of our prayer team and things like that. And pre-COVID, we had a hard time getting people to come receive prayer. 
And even during COVID, it wasn't a lot. But now afterwards, we're seeing this influx of people that are having tons of mental health issues, marital issues, things like that. Do you think that that's all a result of COVID? And what do you think churches need to do um, to prepare to care for people um, that are coming out of this sort of post-pandemic world? I think the mental health community, I think that that's, those are wonderful questions because I think the mental health community has tried to figure out, is this a result of? And I think the position I've come down on is I think it, it it's not the cause, hmm. but I think it exposed. Mm. Yes. So for me, I think as I, as I worked in the area of marriage and anxiety and anger and men's issues, those were the four key areas that I worked in. What I saw was that the stress that, that the pandemic brought on exposed in, in our marriages and as individuals um, the, the, the lack of the ability to set boundaries, for example, or... The, the lack of learning how to just be and not just always be moving from one activity to one another activity, which can be a distraction. Mm. So to me, it exposed. So now let's go to the second part of your question. What can the church do? I think the church needs to consider having in place some programs that strengthen marriages or that strengthen, you know, someone's ability to, you know, what do we do when we're feeling these feelings of anxiety or whatever the case would be? In other words, to have tools and resources to refer people for help. These are things I think that, that the church can, can keep in mind. These are actual action items, right? Mm-hmm. The programs that we offer our people, the resources and the referrals that we can give to our people, and to, to strengthen on the proactive end rather than the reactive end. I always say, when do you want to know the fire escape route? Mm. Before or after the fire breaks out? We want to know before. So those things that build into those areas of our life, the next time a fire, another variant, another time where we're going to have to go through a shutdown. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I think the church can, can practically do. Again, adding on, making sure that our outreach programs are in place to be sure that our people do not feel isolated. So I would say those four things. Yeah, really helpful. I, I, Tim Keller talks about the, a Mack truck going over a bridge and cracks start forming in the bridge. And he asked, did the did the Mack truck create weakness or expose weakness? Right. <laughs> and I think I think you're, to your point, the pandemic exposed a lot of these things. Because I, w- I was thinking the question I was going to ask you is, what was it about the pandemic that created all these problems? And I think you answered that by saying, well, it didn't really create all these problems, but it exposed them. So what, but I might ask you that in a different way. What about the pandemic specifically brought all this to the surface? Right. You've mentioned the isolation and stuff like that, but what, yeah. what are some specifics that you think just really drew it out? I, I think one thing that we're uncomfortable with as human beings are unknowns. Mm. So there was a lot of things that were unknown. Yep. And typically, we'll re, we will react to unknowns in some different ways. But to me, one of the predominant emotions that people experienced was the emotion of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? There was this sense of, I can remember my wife was retiring. Matter of fact, we, we had this huge uh, retirement um, uh, luncheon at her place of employment. And there were several hundred people there. And that was on a Tuesday. It was a Monday or a Tuesday. By Friday, 
no one could gather and they yeah. sent people home. Mm-hmm. That's how quick it happened. Yeah. I had reservations at a rooftop restaurant bringing all the family and flying them in before a celebration of her retirement. Wow. Had to cancel it all. The, the restaurants out, out of business. There were so many unknowns. How did, right. how, and so yeah. I think this, this current of fear and yeah. unknown. How's this going to affect my children was one of the right. fears I had right. initially. Right? right. And we saw division. I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners can remember that even the extended family had different approaches to it. So yeah. some members of the family you felt comfortable with, other members of the family you didn't feel uncomfortable with. So even within families, we we had all of this different. Gosh, yeah. So I think the fear, and then I think here's another one. I yeah. think anger. I, I think what we saw was this, this anger. We saw, because all of a sudden it became very political. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that. Right. But what I'm saying is, is I think that the, these human emotions of grief, what we lost, yep. fear, what we were experiencing and feeling in the unknown, mm. and the anger that we had because it got politicized. So if you're asking what adds on to all of that, just add a nice mixture, a beautiful <laughs> blend of grief, fear, and anger. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know how that. And then could we go told wrong. pastors, "Okay, good luck." Yeah, right. <laughs> Figure it yeah, out. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're we're having we were having to manage a lot of emotions really fast in a yeah. in a way that we were not prepared for. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know the fire escape on on a global pandemic. And, and partly, how can we? Right. I mean, there are certain things. Yeah. That we're just not. Y- you're not going to be prepared for. Right. You know, it's interesting. You you mentioned the human connection piece. Yes. Because I, um, I'm, I, I was not on a lot of social media platforms, but I think I was on a couple. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, I got off of them. Mm-hmm. Like I, and it was intentional because I wanted to, I felt like there, it's easy to kind of create this online world. Where, and, and not that that's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying... I went through this thing where I wanted to invest more in the relationships with the people I was around. Right. And, but you would think at a time when you need online connection, it would have been during that time. But I went the other way, well, which is I, interesting. It, it, and I think that's a significant thing to think about. Let's, let's pause here. The kind of connection that I think people needed throughout the pandemic wasn't an email. Mm-hmm wasn't a text, wasn't a social platform. Wasn't a tweet. That's more for the informational side. Mm-hmm. But when we're trying to to bring reassurance, mm-hmm. we're trying to bring your, you matter to us. That's done through the phone call. That's done through the, you know, the, the small gathering. Yeah. That's done through a lot of those things. Uh, mm. You know, I, uh, again, I... Uh, being a, a pastor, a lead pastor for a number of years, I always err on, on the side of, you know, we, we do the very, very, very best we can. I don't think anyone intentionally does anything that that would want to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, I would talk with people who would say that during that year, year and a half period of time, they never heard from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that we need to hear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We need to hear as church leaders that if we say, well, you know, we send out a, a newsletter or we send out a text or we send out an email, mm-hmm. while that's, that is important, but that's more on the informational side to me. That is not on the nurturing, caring, right. touching, impacting right. side. Yeah. So 
I think the reason, yeah, I guess I'm not analyzing this. Or no, no, no. I think fine. one of the reasons that you moved to it is that yeah. that human connection became very important in your life. Yeah. Therefore, you manifested that in your behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I think I think as churches as we go forward, I think we have to realize that you know I think I read a statistic that about a third, one in three people who were going to church pre-pandemic are now not going. Yeah. I don't know the exact number, yeah, but that's a it, stat we've heard too. Is that a stat you've yeah. heard? And, and again, you could look at a lot of different studies, but we yeah. certainly saw drifting. We certainly saw, yeah. you know, people who weren't connected, right? But we also saw some people who were connected. Yeah, we, yeah. we are turning around, right. and some of them may not feel safe. Right. I know I was much more conservative, and 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 took time yeah. away until some yeah. of this stuff got figured out. Right. And so I did the online, the Zoom, all those kind of things. But I, I think it's it's important that we that, that we hear the voices of people that say, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I'm not back yet, but the word's important to me. Uh, for those who know me, the word but is the small hinge upon which great matters swing. <laughs> but it swings again. But I didn't hear from anyone. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't. And I think I think rather than be critical, I just think it's, we need to learn it. Yeah. So I, well, I think go ahead. I was just going to say, I think two things about social media. I think the first one that you, you see and like interact with people on such a like surface level that you feel like you have mm. connection with them, but you don't really have connection with them. Like you don't really know what they're thinking, feeling. There's no like depth of conversation really that's happening on, so unless you're yelling at each other about something <laughs> stupid. Um, Which but I also think never happen. Yeah, that though. never happens. Yeah. But I also think like people become singular in my mind about like this person stands for this thing and they care about this and that's what they're going to post and say and do and things like that. And I, I think that disrupts our connection with people as well. Yeah. So. I think you're, you're speaking to the division that we saw. Right. Yeah. So I, I had a friend who kind of experienced what you said. He was a leader in his church. And he and his family took a, a very measured approach, cautious approach to COVID. Um, they really wanted masks and services. Um, they were cautious about coming back. So they, th- they were on that side of the fence. And, and he was a leader. And he ended up, um, after a while, uh, kind of stepping back. And they didn't hear from anyone. He was a leader. And and so then there was like this woundedness. And uh, what was interesting is they ended up, they ended up like moving, like leaving the area. Like they left the church, left the area. So there was this sense of, I think, everyone gets the email. Everyone has access to online church. Everyone has, everyone's connected who wants to be, but it's like, there, there were some people I think that wanted that that needed a little more personal care. Yes, and um, and I, I think it's hard to again. That's not a criticism. No, not at all. But but it's just a an awareness. I think going forward that that personal care is still really critical. Yeah, I think we think we provide care because you're reaching out publicly but it's i think it is those private connections where people are really truly intentionally reaching out to you that makes such a big difference again if you add rejection or the feeling of rejection whether it's a real thing or it's just your perception onto isolation 
It's, it's, it's a dangerous thing. And, and again, I, let's look at our model. And, and certainly, you know, Jesus didn't walk in the 21st century, right? He, but human contact, he walked with people, he talked with people. And uh, regardless of our need for it, all of us have some need for it. And I would just, again, uh, reiterate that for our, our listeners in the SIN network, there's, there's not much substitute for human contact. Mm-hmm. And so the voice, you know, the, the touch, the, the, the meeting, mm-hmm. um, that will always be an important part of church community. Yeah. And so while we're making advances on the technology front, which, again, I understand and I'm for, it's just one avenue. It's not the avenue. Yeah. And uh, we just need to be sensitive and aware of what our people need and the idea of community. This leader who felt rejection. So that was very, very real. Yeah. All right. Well, Brett, thanks so much for joining us and chatting with us. I really you appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate really your good. heart. Appreciate being here with us and not just on the podcast but around around life point yeah. your investment and leadership it's good well i thoroughly enjoyed it thank you i think you're bringing light to a very important thing and um, you know, we all want to see healthy churches and we have to be healthy leaders to, to lead a healthy church thank you brett, Thanks, brett.